0: Where I could tell a cohesive story, I can tell the story of newlyweds, but I can tell it to the voice in the voice of a millennial, so millennials understand it. I can tell it in the voice of Gen X, so good old Gen X, good us, <laughs> so, that, so that you know my demo understands what are, we're going through. And I talk about it in different, and I give them different access points to it as well. But I think it, it helped me understand, you know, what parts of the story were important, what parts were emotional. Uh, the emotion is the piece that translates demographic. Translates right now. Language, our biggest obstacle globally is we are not all speaking the same language yet. Technology is minutes away This from
1: is unconditioning, that discovering the voice within, with Whitney and Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the fifty-third episode of Unconditioning: Discovering the Voice Within. Where i bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it this week i have with me Vinny Patestivo. vinnie is an emmy award-winning media advisor who helps clients leverage their media exposure find fame and make impact he has his own podcast called i have a podcast and is responsible for discovering and amplifying the voice of independent podcasters Worldwide, As a network executive at MTV from 1998 to 2007, he discovered talent and developed new ways to support their goals, pioneering the way brands and business owners could contribute to their public narrative by making them stars and producers of their own television series. Early hits include punk The Osbournes, TRL, 8th & Ocean, Wild and & Out, and The Challenge. And since then, he and his team at VPE.tv have continued to be well-trusted connectors who develop and distribute original content across all media platforms, especially podcasts. And I had a really great time talking to Vinny because I was one who consumed a lot of these shows that he was a producer for. So it was really fun to dive into the mind of the person who was producing and creating all of these shows that really defined a generation and gave voice to a generation. So this is a conversation that I am really hoping that you will enjoy as much as I had having. Here's Vinny to coming at the perspective of what you're doing, but I wanna know your story and how you got to where you are and being a subject matter expert in branding.
0: Oh my gosh, uh, listening to voices, literally yeah. is where it comes from. It's actually so similar to you. I, I think that that what I what I do in talent development, what I call talent development or uh, what I refer to as talent development, especially from a celebrity perspective, the brands that I helped build, build during my time at MTV it's it's they they had a public voice, there was always there was already a presenting voice, which I know that they're aware of. Right. But there wasn't a reflective voice until reality TV and then ultimately social media. The reflective right. voice is something that gave us instant feedback. Twenty five years ago, they didn't have instant feedback. There were some numbers that they can look at downloads, which which Napster and Lime, you know, you can understand where, where some technology hurt. A very precious and sensitive data point for for artists right so but yeah. again crippling part of their voice and i think like the similarities and and what you you the framework of unconditioning right to, to hear the voice oh i am getting goosebumps um <laughs> yeah there's a there's a can i tell there's a story that my pastor used to tell me in vacation bible school it was my favorite story yeah go ahead um my mom by the way in reality my mom is from kansas and my dad is from brooklyn so i grew up in staten island as like okay. a baptist and then a reformed christian and, and blah, blah 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 that was my journey um with my family as, as it pertains to this story yeah and this our, our pastor told us this story there's these two friends are childhood friends and ultimately they grow apart but one year they come together and this one day in Times square and wouldn't you know it, that one has become a really successful entrepreneur. He works on Wall Street. He's in New York City. He's used to the, the bells and the whistles and the, you know all, all of everything that is New York City. But in comes his friend who he grew up with. But in comes his friend who's decided for a calmer lifestyle. He's out in the farm he is one with earth he understands the change of the winds he understands when the temperature drops the rains about to come when the dogs are barking you know he <laughs> understands and is listening to these signals right and they meet up in times square and the farmer says to the um, entrepreneur how about that there's crickets in times square who would have thought and the <laughs> businessman goes, "Crickets in Times Square? Are you? There's no way there's crickets in Times Square. You, you must be hearing things from where you're from, and implying that they're you must be hearing things. There's no way that you could possibly hear." And he says, "Well, what do you hear?" And they pause for a second. And if if there was some Foley editing <laughs> in this in this podcast, you would hear coins dropping, you'd hear ca- car horns beeping, people talking um if you're really psycho like me people cigarette smoking and throwing it on the, you know all the things that we're tuned to listen to that we just that we're just we're, they're just receptors for good or for worse they're just receptors pulling in information and and the farmer says you're missing it he goes there's a cricket and he takes one step forward and they're, they're in a safety uh in new york city has these like big concrete safety bunkers sort of the corral traffic and in them our little bushes and in that little bush was a tiny little cricket and he was able to point it right out and just just understanding that there can be so much noise right yet we we do have the ability to tune in on a specific voice for better or for worse i learned i learned it was worse in the beginning i didn't realize i was hearing i was hearing my i was hearing some voices Focusing on some weird Vinny voices that I shouldn't have been focusing on when I, when I, when that voice started telling a better story, Uh I, I leaned into that and we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that story because it's so resonant with this whole entire conversation and a great way to segue into a question that I like to ask my guests first is when is the first time that you really remember recognizing an inner voice within yourself?
0: Um, all right, so yeah, and then your guests bring up traumatic experiences. Cause <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you want to know where I got my my super skills for being a people pleaser, for pe- putting people first, for um, conflict resolution, um, over overperformance. Um, all the all. The, uh, I'm the oldest of four, um, maybe nine years old, and unfortunately, uh, my mom uh, overdosed. Okay. And there was a moment that I knew that I had to make a decision on what would happen next. Uh, I called my father, who then came home and then called 911. Uh, uh, the crazy part about that story is that for about 15 years of my life, I told myself a version of that story where I was the kid and I called 911. Like, I kind of, like, made that even more dramatic. But I'm just mm. pointing out how my story shifted. I didn't, I don't think I meant to make it more dramatic. I don't think... I thought I needed any more sympathy or pity from adults that I was getting I was like chock full of that it felt like so I don't feel like I lied to to get a bigger result. I think I lied because I got confused with the facts and suddenly those became my truth and then I got stuck in that version of like I had to make this decision and and I'm a a boy I don't want to be the man of the house and just because Mm -hmm. there isn't a man of the house doesn't mean that as a boy I should be it and was the first time I really listened to myself and, and and made some conscious decisions about about steps I needed to take not just for my mom and uh, for my family, for my family, for my brothers and my sisters and me there was a there was something cataclysmic that happened mm-hmm. that day. Oh yeah it became my everything.
1: <laughs> do you feel that perhaps you made it more dramatic because you were f- trying to justify the way that you were feeling to equal? the way that yeah other yes. people probably I, I, yeah i think
0: there's probably if there's 360 degrees i think there's 360 <laughs> things out of that you know also i was hungry so i was probably just moody also <laughs> i didn't know so i was you know in some ways ignorance is bliss there was no internet back then um uh, a couple of things happened that i was also mad at you know like in uh It it happened, something, what happened happened in October, and I went to school the next day and told people that my mom had, it was rushed to the hospital because of a heat stroke, and and it was Mm -hmm. like 60 degrees in New York, and my teacher was, told me in front of my whole class that I was wrong, and I was like, that's Mm -hmm. literally, don't, you can't tell me I'm wrong, that's what the medic told me. And then like, I realized, like, I, I was aware that parents could make mistakes. I didn't realize that, like, all adults were capable of making mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and n- not to say I challenged everything that came my way. I accepted everything that came my way. And then I would be like, well, I think that's where a little fortitude, that, this is where the, the word fortitude comes into play. And I was like, all right, so like, I know I don't have to reinvent the wheel. But like, hey, what if I'm the guy who does reinvent? i mean someone invented it first what if i happened to be second you know someone invented social media my you know uh, we can go friendster and then myspace <laughs> and myspace and then facebook and facebook and then TikTok. you we can go on and on and on about you know first and second right and and this is weird part of it my reaction became uh fo- hyper focused on my brothers and sisters so uh my 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 uh, nikki and sal are born in 84 and 85 which As a millennial, is the audience I've been entertaining in media my entire life. If you grew up watching MTV in like 98 to 2007, and you watched hours of TRL or (laughs) Sailor Karaoke (laughs) or Run's House or Wild and Out or Laguna Beach or uh, Newlyweds, Punked, those were shows that I poured my life into. I also love talking about those titles because hopefully someone out there recognizes them. Yeah. And I love, I love this ability of share this, like I'm, I'm recalling right now. I'm, I just threw out those titles. If y'all, if anyone resonates with those titles, cause I, I, that was my life, right? For yeah. the hour that I had to make it, you gave me an hour to probably, probably rewatch the episode five or six times without <laughs> even knowing it. So yeah. that return on energy is, is cataclysmic. And, and anyway, so, um, so long story short, you know, I, I alluded to MTV, but I worked on those shows ultimately in the capacity of talent development, it was my job to, to find a way to work with talent that hadn't, been, that hadn't happened yet. It wasn't yeah. just to come on and promote something, there needed to be a, a more meaningful result to our relationship.
1: Okay, how do you feel like your experiences uh, with your family affected the way that you handled your career, like using that voice? Yeah. And then the talent development, um, how do you feel like that connects?
0: well the, <laughs> i love this question um it, for me it's storytelling <clears throat> for all audiences is not something that's easy if you uh, try trying i can do i can build a community which has multiple audiences and there's a general story that i'll tell and then if i have a key to an audience i want to really sort of dig in deeper i think I, I i don't change the facts and i don't change the characters of my story of, of my stories but the stories change based on who i'm talking to If I'm telling something to Nikki and Sal about politics, I talk to them in a way differently than I would maybe my grandmother, um, who I know knows more than me, versus my brother and sister, who may know more or less or equal to me because of the info exchange we all had. So, and again, no, no social media or internet input yet, so... There was a lot of uh sibling crowdsourcing you know hey dad said this is this what you think this means? Is this what you know mom said <laughs> a lot of uh, sibling resourcing happening back then um, it helped me become a a storyteller where I could tell a cohesive story I could tell the story of newlyweds, but I could tell it to the voice in the voice of a millennial, so millennials understand it I can tell it in the voice of gen X so Good old Gen X, good us, <laughs> so, that, so that you know my demo understands what we're going through and I talk about it in different and I give them different access points to it as well, but I think it, it helped me understand. Um, you know what parts of the story were important what parts were emotional uh, the emotion is the piece that translates demographic translates right now language Our biggest obstacle. Globally, is we are not all speaking the same language yet technology is minutes away from making that happen. You know, so soon we won't have to learn other languages to be understood in other languages and bring and understand other languages that's a powerful tool to start relying on I can't I can't wait for us to feel like. Our neighbors in India and our neighbors in in, around the world are as close to us as as you and I are just because we're in a, a couple of states. You know yeah. apart there's no there's really no difference in the talent globally oh, the input the point of view it's so rich it, it there's so much to be created in collaboration I'm, I'm so excited for that but it made me an excellent collaborator what i went through with my family mm-hmm. i didn't really want to do anything alone i didn't want to fail at anything so anything anyone wanted to do wasn't my goal but i can make their goal happen so if sal wants to start Oh my gosh, Sal, I hope you listen to this. If Sal (laughs) wants to start a Christmas light, you know, decoration thing, I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna build his flyers. And I'm gonna probably take a map out of my little town in Staten Island and say, here are the posts that I think you should be on because traffic goes this way, headed towards where people go buy Christmas lights. So get them on their path. And I used that skill for 20 years in reality TV casting to find people. I never went out and found Beyonce or Mandy, like (laughs) those huge stars that I was responsible for delivering. I didn't go out finding them, even though I had to deliver them. I I found people who I know knew people (laughs) like them. I found, you know, masters of communicators that I gave amazing, unprecedented access. I was the guy at MTV who kept the door open Mm -hmm. and collaborated with people. And, And I think that's something I did with my own family where... I was happy to be the uh, be, be active in the youth group if it meant that my family can get more. Um, yeah, I loved working at MTV if it meant my brother and sister could be in the TRL <laughs> studio whenever they wanted to come by. I wanted them to have that access. Otherwise, that would wouldn't have been a fit for me. And um, and and uh, and to go through that experience with your family, I'm so grateful because. I mean, I, I, I never ended up, I actually made a commitment to myself that day that I would never try drugs, so I haven't, and I never uh, have yeah. deviated and done hard drugs and party drugs or anything like that. So, uh, but I was the guy at MTV who was like, you don't want to show up stoned because I won't let you on TRL. You can't host for two days. It has to come out of your, si-. I, was mm-hmm. a little, I was a little crazy <laughs> about it. Even like smoking weed, even Dave Matthews band, like even when they would come into the studio, he's like, yeah, but everyone's smoking, Dave did. I'm like, yeah, but he's not hosting a live show (laughs) to say sorry let's redo it over again i'm dave Ha ha. ha. and it's like right pop culture gold for the history of life this is you know so accountability responsibility you know there's part of that comes with with being creative uh and i I think i learned that you know like we made things we made shows we created videos you know we were super creative um my sister and i still have a, a podcast company together where we work together and she produces um really deeply meaningful podcasts that to be honest sometimes go over my head but that's my kid sister that's my like leader who teaches me things that I need to know so I'm plugged in because I, I need the language yeah. I need the in- you know the input dictates the output so like I need to be connected to you <laughs> so that I I learn what I don't know and I have built that system you know um in doing so
1: yeah it, it sounds I like I like what you said about storytelling very specifically um because as a human species that's the way that we learn and understand emotions and experiences and I also really love the way that you were talking about hearing other people's voices and talking to them in a way that they'll understand in your voice Um, because when you think about things like branding or talent development or even like reality tv shows um, sometimes people assume that there's a lack of authenticity but you're spinning it so that it's authentically connecting with a certain demographic
0: yeah well why because there's because it's commercial because it's well yeah it's by the way that's why i'm not working in television it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate the the ad part tv is a bummer um i never got to work on on i never got to work at hbo or a place where it was subscription Based where they really, truly cared about the audience first, not the ads that served the audience. Mm-hmm. Like MTV was a great place to work at, but don't get me wrong if I didn't tell you, uh, I don't want to say specific brands, but even then back then it's like, it's depends, acts, like, you know, <laughs> you know, the brands <laughs> that you see Mountain Dew, you know, you know mm-hmm. the, the, the brand that you see, you know, on MTV then. So uh, 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 while I was uh, appreciative of, of some feedback, it wasn't always about bringing in a new audience um, it was about selling a product and and for me i have this friction this fight sort of a little bit at, at oh, let me let me repurpose let me rephrase this one of the reasons why i enjoy development more so than production and 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 publishing is that is that if if i get it right in the beginning if i get all the information i need to keep you focused on the topic or distracted from something that I don't want you to talk about or focus on because it has nothing to do with the show this purpose this this vehicle stands to prove. Um, for for silly ratings. Um, because people are desperate for ratings i'm so lucky to have worked in television when when it mattered when people watched it when when 330 to 430 for people who are like 35 to, to 45 years old now. For 3.30 to 4, it was sacred. It was like pop culture. It was like, we were aware the earth was moved. We knew where <laughs> artists were and, and what yeah. was happening and and, and and MTV News 10 to the hour. And there was this like a build, like we felt like we were really connecting to opportunities and, and part of opportunities. And just as I saw reality, TV become more of a mechanism for, for content, content, as opposed to what we did at MTV, you know, MTV born in 1981, they say, Hey, now we got videos. So who's gonna make the videos? They go, let's give it to the artists. They already make music. They're probably pretty good. They're probably creative. So let's get some deals with the labels, throw them some thousands of dollars, get some videos, artists make videos. And what I got to MTV, I think we took those three and five minute increments that lay, artists were known for creating content and storytelling time and, and turned that into 30 minute windows of of a glimpse into newlyweds or you know a glimpse into the Osborne's life and what it's like to be functional in a dysfunctional quote unquote dysfunctional family. That's what I learned. I learned how to live in a dysfunctional family and be functional osborns okay. I learned the roles of misogyny and <laughs> the what, what the expectations are in a relationship, newlyweds. I deflected it and and created my own version of reality that was audacious. Punked, I can go on and on and on about how all of those experiences shaped and continue to shape, you know, the alchemy of my creative output.
1: Yeah. And you've been in this for a while now. So you must have seen some transformations over time. And so, how do you approach things now differently than you would then with MTV?
0: Oh, oh, with MTV. Oh, that's funny. With MTV. So, you know, (laughs) <laughs> MTV she's it's funny and when I talk about MTV I, I throw her I throw her right into a female gender and I'm like you know she we dated at a point in time where I thought that was my fit um she was everything <laughs> that she was she's like the best of what it was and then she changed and then it just became different and then ultimately I realized that like our our goals weren't the same mm-hmm. but I'm so grateful to have spent the time that I did there I don't feel like I gotta be honest I don't feel like I there are some opportunities that I don't know. If I dig deep, I can make something up about an opportunity. I feel like I I, I messed up tra- traumatically that didn't end that didn't end the way I wanted it to or the way that it could have. But I really feel like I went out of my way to create a sustainable approach to creating culture around content and and putting t- getting to cast T J Lavin in the challenge. Getting getting to to pick the voice. Who identifies as the emotional and physical challenge of that MTV demographic is one of the most rewarding moves I got to make in my entire life, you know, at MTV. He's an athlete. He's a, a brother who shows up for LGBTQ and cancer and just causes to have nothing to do with him, where his heart is so connected. And he he fights for us in the room when we're not there. And and I know that about him. And then and Nick Cannon. With Wild and Out, you know, the amount of comedians that he, the community, I don't even know which way, the amount of jobs that show's created, mm-hmm. the amount of, you know, energy that it's put out, it, that's sustainable. You know, we, I made some decisions, I was part of some choices mm-hmm. that had permanent impact in pop culture, yeah. and that's, that's something I don't take lightly, that's why I'm doubled down in podcasting now. That's why I'm, I'm really leaning into the pod match community. I, I actually have this philosophy that like, I got to know all the artists at MTV, ironically, I would meet them at, at the nightclubs mm-hmm. and then I'd, they would be like, oh, you're the guy from MTV. I'm like, yeah, come, you're on TRL tomorrow. I'll come down and say hi. And then I would go down to the studio I would say hi. I already knew the teams and the managers, so there was no introductions needed. It was cool. And, and so what I'm trying to do here in podcasting, same exact thing. I think Podmatch is like my TRL. For those of you who don't know, Podmatch geek out, but a great directory platform where you can discover each other. Let's put it that way. And and us having these conversations together builds community and rapport that that strengthens this message. And just, again, I geek out about <laughs> finding people who understand. You know the the deep level of unconditioning. You know, we're innately, we're horrible storytellers. I'm sorry to right. say that innately <laughs> we i'll say it again because i'm so sorry to say it i'm innately innately like we are just that we repeat what we hear yeah how could we it's not our fault it's not our fault and and there's so much grace in understanding that and again those silly shows i brought up newlyweds osborne so it's changed that changed her life forever not because she recorded a show but because you watched it because you saw the choices that they made and that informed your perception of their reality. Oh, absolutely. But that's what we're doing here. That's what this content is all about. Like this changes this changes this changes my alchemy of output forever. You'll mm-hmm. always be part of my output and I'm sensitive to that and I love that about what we get to do in <laughs> podcasting. I geek out.
1: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. And it gives a platform to many people who might not have the opportunity like years ago during the MTV days. So when it comes to like talent development and what you are doing now, when the market such as podcasting is super, super saturated, how do you think it's possible to stand out and be discoverable?
0: Oh yeah, super cool. Uh um I don't I uh I challenge the phrasing, (laughs) Your (laughs) Honor, I challenge the leading the witness um speculation uh, yes is it saturated yeah everything's saturated you know but how many more poems are there in this world how many more phrases or songs or books or movies or i mean there's so many other intellectual pieces of how much more how much do we stop painting do we stop creating art do we stop is everyone going to stop taking selfies finally <laughs> because the <laughs> selfies are sa- saturated how is anyone ever going to understand a selfie it's a, it's a sa- the poor podcast what a bum rap it's the it's literally i've been in media now 25 years I got excited about TV because I saw MTV CNN Fox news I saw mm-hmm. TV channels get added to my Rotary Dial dial channel 20 mm-hmm. I saw when it got to the thousands podcasting is. podcasting is built to have singular streams of casting that can be streamed over a broad network. So while broadcasting has one signal, podcasting has millions or thousands. That's how you stand out. You stand out because you have an opportunity to decide where and how you get discovered. It's not, you don't need this guy, Vidi Stevo, casting director (laughs) you know, tapping your shoulder at the NSYNC concert. Hey, you have a great look. Would you like to be a VJ on MTV? Swing by MTV, we'll give you, we'll do a screen test. Like I used to do that. It was cool. I wanted to meet people where they were at kind of like I do on social media. Like I, I like people who follow topics and, and look looking for interesting things and doing, mm-hmm. doing and, and contributing to interesting things, right? Like one of the ways I would I would discover stars at a, at a, at a, at a huge concert usually is there's a large group of people looking at them. Mm-hmm. Same exact, I, I don't go out looking for the stars. I let them, I, I'm, I send out the vibes and I let them guide me to them. I trust the world that I surround myself with. It's by choice, it's by choice. That these by that you are in my life, and hopefully when you see opportunities that I <laughs> yeah. are, I'm right for or are right for me, that you get to connect us, um, because we we have a, we have an opportunity to make impact, and I, I like development because because it's it's easier for me to make long standing impact if I can pick the direction, pick the team, help you choose the team, help you choose the method, the the platform, the the, the way that you're going to execute. Um, but you have a right, you have a, you have an ability to choose how you are discovered. Um, I take my podcasts and I turn them into clips and GIFs and stickers on Jiffy. And then on Tenor, which is the LinkedIn Twitter equivalent to Jiffy. Giffy? I'm saying I'm saying GIF
1: a gift or a GIFs 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 and jiffy
0: GIF. yeah gifts are part of jiffy okay <laughs> so like where the stickers are on 10 you know on they're different yes so i'm mindful that i i create screenshots of my podcast that have takeaway in them so i i learned and i actually dropped it i, I the input dictates the output uh mandy moore taught me that you know it's kind of cool to know that part of the process of being rebecca or p- creating original Artwork and, and, and create is based on like understanding what the words that people are using, the way yeah. they're using. Them. Under, you know, you have to use their words to connect with them. Mm-hmm. That so the input dictates the output. Um, and I have that in a GIF that you'll find on Tenor if you search for Mandy Moore whatever the ways I put in there because I want you to find me next to Mandy with implementable advice. So I have a I made a choice to create something that you could then share. And this is the secret to discoverability, by the way, without exposure, is is an action. And that action should be share. And the things you can share are posts, experiences, um, contacts, which is networking. You can, uh, feedback, merchandise, album. I I can go on and on and on about the things that, that I recommend people create just so that when you're discovered, you give the person the ability to share something of value And that's Mm -hmm. what I mean by by you have a right, you have a choice, you have actually a decision on how to be discovered exposure is up to the algorithm and you play that rightly on each platform and exposure being being seen right is one thing but discovery is being seen and then that person taking action oh my gosh. I watched this Christmas special. Michael Bublé. You have to go buy the album. It's my mom calling. Vincent. He's gonna. I discovered one. I got, I got one. He's gonna. She calls me. He's gonna be my Mandy Moore. He's my discovery. I'm like, Ma. I, I just work with him. Like, my, you don't even know what I do, do you? <laughs> but she has this 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 ego thing click, clicks in right where this pride. I discovered, hmm. and not only did I discover it, but what am I doing? I'm sharing it with my son and, and maybe every Christmas he'll play this album and he'll think of me because why? Ah, ego, ego, I discovered it, you know? And, yeah. and this is what we do by creating small pieces, even, even GIFs that help people share us. And that's that's one of the ways that I'm, I'm standing out right now as a podcaster. That's something that anyone can do that costs zero dollars. And it's a slow burn. You know, it's kind of like w- when you search for me, I'm going to be there mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's going to impress you that I, you know, that that was the result that that came up as opposed to, oh, wow, Vinny, I saw you were doing this thing. Tell me more about it. Educate me, educate me, educate me. That's burnout. But if I can be found where you are ready to take action, where you want information. And I do this, by the way, I do this with blogs on podcasting too. Another way to stand out as a podcaster, we talk about converting podcasts into blogs. Mm-hmm. So there's something called Q, which is it's a blog aggregator. Um, VPE TV slash Q U U U three U U U U Yeah, U U U. I like that. <laughs> um, and what it is is, if you go to Q, you can go to Q for free, and you say, "I want blogs about podcast marketing, or about talent, about self improvement, um, or storytelling." And what it does is based on the algorithm, it tells you the 10 blogs that it thinks you're most likely to want to read and or share. Mm -hmm. I love helping podcasters create blogs and getting those blogs into that aggregator so that people don't need to know your podcast name or your title or your name or your guest or the artwork or all the other stuff. We spend so much time, quote unquote, branding, you know, branding, meaning artwork, not branding (laughs) me. from like the heart of the brand, meaning like how can I really truly connect and like what's lo- low cost, high impact? Right. You know what impact. I mean? Like yeah, low impact. cost, low cost money, mm-hmm. low cost time. Mm-hmm. Think about that. If it costs too much time or money, what can I do that doesn't cost this much of my time or money that can make mm-hmm. an equally big impact? And for me, it leads to evergreen content. Blogs are a great way to do that. Again, that site's vpe.tv quuu. Um, and there are a couple of other, other, we'll talk later. There are lots of ever, I love new, uh, turn on creator mode on LinkedIn. The LinkedIn newsletter is a monster tool. There's no free, everyone who's got MailChimp and bippity bop. There's no free newsletter system like the news, the LinkedIn newsletter system, which hits your email, your actual mailbox, your trends, your phone alerts, it, it's, it's a killer tool for creators who are organized and um, looking to, you know, create blogs and, and maximize maximize their time without being lost in the, the social media post to post world that tends to consume our mm-hmm. time. most.
1: Yeah. Thank you for those tidbits.
0: Yeah. Very, Ooh, I got excited about that one. Thank valuable
1: you. information. <laughs> um,
0: I really get passionate about it. I want to see you be successful. The worst thing, the worst thing I've seen in my career is people leave. I hate it.
1: Yeah. It's sad. So because you are a podcaster, what is your hope to have an impact upon?
0: Yeah, I want to help people build sustainably creative brands. I want to talk about some of the errors that I've seen get made on the millions, tens of millions of dollars level, and also the ones that cost nothing. Um, I like helping people get connected to success early in their career um, I, I created something on my website called the Creator Hub. It's it's a free service. I invite people in. Please, memberships are always free. I have awesome resources. I have ninety nine plus awards worthy of winning. You know, people don't know that because you have a website, a blog, an mm-hmm. email, an, a social media account, a podcast. By the way, you identified me as a podcaster, and I love that you said podcaster because to me, I, I identify as a podcaster because also podcast hosts and guests are covered in that mm-hmm. term it's a really yeah. inclusive term mm-hmm. um i wish i would have been a podcast guest before i was a host because i learned uh, you, when you you want to <laughs> <laughs> you want to learn you want to learn to uncon- when you hear your story
1: oh yeah the first absolutely. Few times, when
0: you mm-hmm. you know like when you first you say it then it then you hear it and then it zings and then right. you get to the point where you're starting to say certain words and as those words are coming out of your mouth it starts to zing so you're like, all right, going gonna, I'm gonna work on my story.
1: <laughs> yeah. How, do, how does it feel to be one who was once discovering people to now have people discovering you with your oh, podcast?
0: I appreciate that. Um, I, don't know, I never really thought, thanks. I never really thought about that. Ignorance is, <laughs> my perspective <laughs> is, uh, I'll say it this way. I, um, uh, Here's what I did. I set myself up to be discovered next to all the people I love and have created with my entire career. My podcast is called I Have a Podcast and I sit down with Mandy Moore and Suchin Pak and Brian McFady and Damien Fahey, Susie Castillo. Uh, I'm, I can go through the whole list of uh, Christina Million, Jamie Lindsay. I can go through the whole tier. Now that's so <laughs> 1998 to 2007. Literally, look, that's the guest lineup. And But I've created with them. I trust them. I've I've made really impactful content with them. So this time around, as I'm choosing to be a voice and, and have a little bit more of a presence, I do it with them by my side. That's the coolest thing ever. You can make me emotional now. I get to think about what I'm really doing. I yeah. don't have guests on my podcast. I have my friends I, mm-hmm. I, I've been through creative war with. And we won sometimes, yeah. some of us. some of the, yeah. and, and I think that's what I did. And, yeah. And I think I'm recalling some of the nostalgia of, of the earlier part of my career at this stage of what I'm doing today, because I'm doing the same exact thing now as a 45-year-old that I did when I was 20 at MTV. I got a database. I'm meeting people one-on-one. I'm fully connected. I'm figuring out maximum potential. I am, I am looking two years into the future of where I want to be and, and the people that I would love to have around me to acknowledge mm-hmm. what we're building. And I'm doing it as a community. Yeah. If I just if I just guessed it everywhere and showed up everywhere and tried to pitch myself everywhere, I feel like I wouldn't ma- I would make it's like a couple of raindrops, you know, in the, in the in the pond. But I'm throwing a boulder in the pool in the pond of Pod match, And I'm hoping that us 20, 25, however many people are in this community of Pod match, I'm hoping that that together uh, you know, because this is something I learned from Ashton Kutcher he was so great in the room what a, he would learn something you would say and then you, in the next meeting it was already like part of his vocabulary like I meant to, I said this and I meant it earlier you you will forever be part of the alchemy of my creative output and and mm-hmm. I'm so mindful of that and this journey <laughs> as a podcaster that I put myself through it's cool. I didn't realize how much hard work I was making people go through yeah. Just to have to do this on tv and and the best part is is i own it and if i don't own it then you do and i have inherent trust in you like again we made a conscious decision to do this together we collaborate on that so
1: yeah yeah and you're sharing the value of your experience which i feel like has kind of like a priceless kind of wisdom to that when you are sharing from your own experiences
0: oh thanks But well, yeah, but also yeah. i'm also sharing from like a lot of <laughs> other people's experience yeah. i'm like and then beyonce was like which <laughs> way <we do this?" laughs> um uh and, and, and actually uh, saying that that's also i'm conscious So by the, i'm conscious that i have uh celebrity stories and, and access to very sensitive information that i'm very mindful of not exploiting but but also, there's nothing I would share that I haven't shared with this person directly. And there's mm-hmm. no one I talk about that I don't currently have a relationship with. And I say this because I want us to have these stories. Like, I chose us. Again, it goes back to this I like I want a kick for match Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying this so that you can understand, so not you, but the people listening can understand how I'm strategically trying to make an impact in a group of people. In my own, in my weird and own unique way through my fails and failures and wins and experiences and other people's and, and the outlook, you know, and, I, and and the coolest part about it is, is that you meet people, we meet each other and we have like, we didn't go to school together, maybe, I don't know, I studied, I have an arts and I have a business degree in theater <laughs> management. I, not many people have that what's your what's your degree what did you grow um, <laughs>
1: well i mm-hmm. i have a, a bachelor's in acting in theater yes, and yes, um, and now i'm getting my master's in psychology and i'm focusing specifically on creatives and performers because i feel like there's a lack of research surrounding those things specifically Imagine. with mental health and all of those we, are
0: you heavy into archetypes also? Should we, we have to have a whole conversation? Oh, oh um, we'll we're having a have whole to talk, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> there is there yes so yeah that's actually so this so cool your journey by the way we have so much in common and here we don't know Uh, i went to wagner college as a as a psychology major with a Mm -hmm. vocal scholarship uh, and a cheerleading scholarship of course (laughs) because it got to be like beer and me (laughs) it's got to be something um and then that first year they came up with like this business a business degree in theater management and i was like oh that's that's kind of like and i was the computer club guy so it was it was unique i was i was destined to be creative and tech without mm-hmm. finally finally yeah. the times converge and and, and maybe this could be leveraged as part of the answer you asked earlier as to how do people stand out so you stand in your strength mm-hmm. technology was always my strength at a time where i didn't want to be an educator so i wasn't the person who was you know but but so what i mean by that is that mtv um, for 10 years, I was the guy when, when IT wasn't around, I fixed everyone's mailboxes. I connected the LAN wires, and I understood mm-hmm. hard coding, and I could reset a computer, and I could problem solve, and I could take two VCRs and wire them together so I can edit. You know, it's weird to think about editing video before iMovie oh, and yeah. our iPhone, but like I had two VCRs mm-hmm. that had a wire yeah. and rig to pause record, and that was actually seen as something that was like tech savvy. In 98 mm-hmm. that's yeah. I know that because when I got hired as a coordinator and we launched the talent development department I got asked to go to all the like maybe like five or six executive offices and, and rig and show them how I did my thing so that they can make edits in their office it's like weird to think that we couldn't <laughs> but but that was a unique skill that I had I, I wasn't a casting guy they didn't need me for casting they didn't need me to organize the casting I was a database guy you know I can mm-hmm. meet people in type in their information and data and know that it won't get lost Like a weird skill set but at the backbone of of what i do it's really meeting people and organizing information and i just turned it into reality tv or unscripted casting or host cast you know mtv casting or podcasting now um which made me think the word casting you know casting means if you think of rss feeds and casting literally casting is is drawing a line and connecting somebody to a touch point casting yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I, li- I like that part of that maybe i'm trying to weave that into the content yeah yeah
1: we can talk about fishing too
0: <laughs> yeah that's right it's exactly yeah. what it, and so well mm-hmm. yeah like you're yeah well then you're doomed. (laughs) now that's reality tv casting you're doomed with the the big hooks but
1: (laughs) right yeah so you're you're pulling all of your authentic selves together right and then creating something that is valuable to yourself and others
0: also I can be more transparent about my authentic self I I, um, unfortunately have more rights now than I did 20 years ago so Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not I don't hide behind you know, uh, I don't have to hide for the companies that I work with or the companies that I no longer care to work with. I don't have to hide my sexuality or any part of my life that uh, I used to have to working at a publicly yeah. traded company, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I imagine so.
0: Yeah, I mean, not like not lie. I mean, I, I didn't minimize it. it is what this is what it is. <laughs> like, my friend, <laughs> every moment This hasn't changed ever. If anything, I'm leaning more into it now than ever. Um, <clears throat> but, but, um but talking about being in love, talking about relationships, that wasn't something that I, I was able to share at work the way a lot of my friends were. And, and mostly because I did work at a giant media company that was looking to get that, but my time there was the first time CBS bought them and then unbought them and then we didn't buy MySpace. It was a very sensitive time financially. Mm-hmm. And I was part of conversation anyway. So uh, all of that to say, uh, uh, if it weren't for, that journey and me i wouldn't have made a decision to live in my truth and to help people find ways to live in their truths and the best way for me to help people find in reality tv to find them to live is just present them with options mm-hmm. that's all i do that's that's the fun that's the producing quote unquote that you see me doing maybe in that with kelly and jack and the osborne you know i'm just present. hey we can this happened we can react to it in a couple of ways how do what are you thinking <laughs> you know <laughs> It's a, creative, it's a collaborative moment here. And, and little did we know how etched in stone some of those moments would be, but, <laughs> but good was the day that, that television impacted communities and culture the way that it did.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for your service.
0: Oh my gosh, thank you for being part of it and, and watching it and feeding into it all. And, <laughs> and then doing this, being inspired yeah. to create, because that's what it's, mm-hmm. it was always all about, was, was for us to feel like them. Really, truly. If that's what they wanted. And they meaning the I think original creators, Beyonce's and the artists that were that had to lead this creator economy that were in before, we can now do what they do, have mm-hmm. the same access to the same contracts, the same brands. It might not be the same amount of money, but like the same rules. Right, the FCC is cracking down on us now. As of this week, there's a big story about the Kim Kardashian transparency case, even though she disclosed it was an ad, it wasn't enough disclosure. So we're really leaning into an important time in media. How we create is important and we have a responsibility to do so. Appreciate you.
1: Yeah, so we're we're coming up on time because I think you said you wanted to keep it at like 45 minutes. So if people would like to discover you, where can we send them?
0: Ooh, take action. I love that. Uh, VPE.tv, five letters. That's my website. VPE.tv. That's where you can go to find my Creator Hub. Uh, awards worthy of winning, uh, influencer platforms that pay out. If, if you're a creator and you're looking for ways to be compensated for your creativity, I have lists of platforms that I feel like would help connect you to actually profit and income um, exposure. Uh, say hi to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm just myself, Vinny, probably you know, <laughs> on, I say hi on LinkedIn and it all starts with a hi. Don't waste like an email thing. I'm super chatty. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's like pull up a chair and say hi. I do lots of lives on third usually on Thursdays at 4 PM Eastern. I do a live audio room, um, on LinkedIn where anyone can join us who has access to uh, a microphone built into their computer on uh, and uses LinkedIn. So just plenty of, plenty of spaces for opportunities and hellos and and I welcome energy. That's what it's really about. you know. I don't want to get stuck making content. I want, to, I want that content to inspire and make impact, ignite conversations that create communities. And, and as creators, we can do that.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I have one last question before we go. Yeah. And that question is, if your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Got creativity with with not a sans serif font though it definitely <laughs> it would definitely be a serif font um got creativity i would I'd work on that um maybe maybe i'll also maybe default to my uh i don't know why I love that I said this as a as a high school senior so much, but we may not have it all together, but together we have it all mm-hmm. I really feel that way um I worked at MTV where MTV was a a, a central point for a lot of creators. It it wasn't like I randomly worked with celebrity talent. I worked with the celebrity talent that identified as being creators who wanted to make content that changed communities. Again, I I look at like why I'm invested in podcasting, the the, the abilities that SMB owners, the influencers, that the entrepreneurs have the, the, the responsibility we have, you know, to put the pieces out there. So that people can take our pieces and create a bigger uh, be aware that there's a bigger puzzle you know going on and, and I subscribe to that philosophy, you know I believe in it and. Uh, hopefully this this is a uh, hopefully this little piece of the puzzle finds its way to people who are looking to maybe with me leverage leverage their. I, I like to say lever- find fame and leverage it for impact. Like right, I, I don't love working with people who only care about being celebrities. Like we don't that doesn't vibe with me. These are yeah. that's not my vibe. Um, it never was. <laughs> but the people who are 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 changing our lives, are showing up in politics, are showing up um, off camera, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and their names are first on lists in groups that aren't identified normally in media. That it's really important for me to focus on on leveling on what we're doing. And I I believe that that business owners and and influencers and and entrepreneurs have that that innate talent and skill set to do it.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was lovely meeting you and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time. Stay tuned in to you.